moved on to to Poland at the moment, hmm? where he and Harry Leela are going to serve together. Um, and um, so that was was very nice to have him here. And uh, what else? Um, making real good progress with my book. And um, of course, there's a lot of fine tuning to do at the end, We're working on that. So um, still much to do, but it's, uh, it's very encouraging. So yeah, it's very exciting. I think, you, I, think you, I, think, I think you can look forward to it coming out this year. That's great. Wow, that's something to really look forward to. Good. Yeah, so um, so far we have one, two, four questions, but I'm sure we'll get some in the chat as usual. So the first question um, I have to read, it's from Pamanavaswani, and he sent it to me this morning. Um, so he is quoting from Narutam Thakur, um, quoting from Narutam Thakur, Srila Shura Maharaj has said, we must try to harmonize the opinion of the devotees and the opinion of the spiritual scriptures with what we have heard from Guru Dev. <clears throat> Adjustment and then Chitte Te Kariya Aikya, internal improvement, approval. We shall have to gather about the consideration of those three, Guru, Shastra, Sadhu, then we can go forward. This is the general line. This is the general line to negotiate with every new thing, new approach. So his question is, how to literally apply this process? <clears throat> In other words, how exactly can points be harmonized what is the method for such proper adjustment to be made? Since some acharyas have said that statements of Shastra overrule statements of a guru, but others have emphasized that a statement of a guru overrules the statements of Shastra. And how can, while engaging in such prioritization, avoid committing offenses to Harinam in the form of guru Avagya or Shruti Shastra Ninda. Are there universals in regard to the proper internal weighing of statements coming from Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra? Or is every case different based on the specific subject matter, the adhikar of the student, and other factors? Well, Marge um, is asking about the basic principle of guru, sadhu, and shastra. Um, and in the context of speaking about that or asking about that, he has raised the point that uh, sometimes some have emphasized the guru over shastra, some have emphasized the shastra over the guru. Um, so let me deal with that part of the question first. Um, I don't believe that uh, there is to be any real uh, divorce between the guru and the shastra, like you have a father and a mother. So Vedamata and the guru is often thought of as a father figure. Um, of course, guru may be female, that's another thing, but um, the two uh, go together. They occur. At the same time, of course, the Shastra is an ongoing um, affair hmm, of revelation. So it's, it's, it's living and therefore uh, new texts uh, could come out. For example, you know, we have a whole Sampradaya um, formed by the uh, associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and we have our own scriptures Chaitanya Bhagavat, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. So for us, these are all scriptures and they're all they're coming from devotees. Hmm? Now they may not be scriptures or looked at in the same way by other sampradayas, but the point being here that um, 
that uh, revelation is a living um, living thing and uh, on going uh, of course I'll reference the Bhagavatam the Gita and the greater corpus of revealed uh, text the eastern Re eastern revelation that uh, other communities other sampradayas draw upon and interpret um, somewhat 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 differently which is um, allowable um, given the uh, nature of the absolute if we want to compare for example the godhead to a, uh, a valuable jewel that has many facets and may look at it from different angles and so on and so forth um, so um, uh, given that sadhus or the guru figure would be the typical uh, vehicle uh, through which this Shastra is extended, new literature comes out and so on and so forth. One could make a, a case for the importance of the sadhu over the Shastra. The, the sadhu, uh, to use Pujapad Srinivas's poetic language, is um, um, a dynamic mm, expression of revelation or active, I think he said active, and the Shastra, the, the text itself is passive. Mm. So when you look at it from passive versus active the book has been written the scriptures there the gita is there it's a passive um, form of, of revelation then you take the guru and he or she speaks on or uh, elaborates upon comments upon the text and it becomes active live so you could give some preference to or make a case in this regard that the guru is more important than the shastra but these are like relative kind of ways of uh looking at the the issue overall they are to to agree and overall we we give um deference to the scripture which is the basis of uh knowledge that anybody is going to draw from, interpret, expand upon, and so on and so forth. And you need a standard of knowledge. Um, otherwise, you know, just make it up as you go along, right? And so to avoid that, uh, we expect the acharya to um, accurately and dynamically uh, represent or represent the uh, the core texts mm -hmm. so without reference e even if this guru i want to say is, is is dynamic and active and comes out with the new book is going to be with 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 reference to the 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 standard of knowledge, the scripture itself, the Gita, the Bhagavatam, for example, the Puranas may be the case. Um, and so in kind of an overarching sense, we give deference to scripture. So I think there's just different ways of talking about that. And um, if you're just gonna come in, you know, from the side and someone has, has said, guru is more important than shastra you know then you get out of balance you have to take the whole thing into uh, into consideration um and from one side you may look at it like that another side you may look at it the other way um and that said um
there's also the fact that there are different gurus. So we are initiated into the Sampradaya and we have a lineage and we find if we um, study the works of the uh, previous Acharyas that sometimes they differ on points. Mm -hmm. You can find Baladev Bidibhusan differing from, from Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur, although he's considered to be, um, um, I believe he was initiated in the same, same Paribar, Nartam Paribar. Um, yes, uh, as, as Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur and uh, a, con a contemporary, younger. Um, so uh, you can find differences between Rupa Goswami and, and Jiva Goswami. Mm -hmm. um, and on it goes. So uh, it sounds simple at first, just follow the guru. <laughs> then you find out there's more than, you know, there's a plurality of gurus. And, um, and I think that, that as an aside, that's, that's an important point. Um, Uh, that, that um, we are faced with the fact that our initiating guru may say, take a certain angle on, on some aspect of the philosophy and his guru or the, the param guru, param param guru or a previous guru further down the line may have taken a different pers perspective on that. So we in our development have the option to to really to not only to choose one or the other in one sense, but but to understand we we have the uh, we have if we were paying attention we have the opportunity to understand huh I can think about this and <laughs> uh, maybe a third opinion here hmm? of course that you want to the opinion has to be supported and so forth doesn't make the other one wrong necessarily so there can be more than one correct way of looking at, at a verse or a, a philosophical issue. Um, the philosophy itself can never exhaustively capture or describe the, 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 what we're uh, concerned with. Mm -hmm. So all of the uh, philosophy, whether it's a scriptural book or the teaching of the guru or whatnot, it's all an attempt to talk about something that's beyond beyond word, beyond thought, and so forth. So there can always be more more thought about it, if you will, and that won't be comprehensive either. So it's a very fluid, in one sense. It's that, and that's an interesting point because oftentimes in the modern world, religion is portrayed by people in the atheist community and scientifically kind of informed. Uh, community that religion is set in stone, but science is always open to new, whatever comes down, whatever, whatever comes up, whatever they just follow the evidence, wherever it goes. But actually um, properly understood, spiritual life is also very dynamic and new insights can come and, and they do and so forth. And again, as I said, we're talking about the, the gem of the absolute who is many facets and some of which have not yet uh, been glimpsed and, and, and talked about. So I'm not sure how really to how to address exactly what Maharaj is asking here. Um, I think that he's saying, is there a form? He seems to be asking, is there a formula by which we can say this percentage of the guru, this percentage of the shastra, this percentage of the sadhu, Put that together, and I, I don't think there is there is any such uh, such formula. But uh, one has to arrive at a conclusion that's supportable, that satisfies one's intellect, so that one can go on with trans-rational practices that can take us beyond the can, beyond the limits of of the intellect. Hmm. Um, so I guess Mars is not here to clarify further exactly um, what he's after, but I don't have any particular uh, formula, but, 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 but I uh, myself, of course, 
I look at what my gurus have said, what previous gurus have said, what the texts have said, and um, and I embrace the perspective that uh, works best for me hmm? to make progress, which is what all this is about. Shastra, the guru, is there to help us make progress, to free ourselves of the burden, really, of our doubting function, which the intellect is, hmm? and uh, enable us to, to go forward, Gyanshunya bhakti, unencumbered by the need, need to know and, 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 and thereby arriving at a kind of knowing that, that um, you would not otherwise be able to. So as far as offending the guru, I mean, how will the guru be offended if you arrive at a conclusion that's scripturally supportable and uh, has a basis in what, let's say, Jiva Goswami says, as opposed to Sanatan Goswami, as opposed to Bhakti Vinod, in agreement with Baladev, Rajabhusan, you know, whatever may be the, the, the combination and so forth. But as a result of arriving at that, then uh, the, the student is uh, enthused to, to practice uh, and so forth. Uh, that's what the guru wants that the disciples enthused uh, uh, to, to, to practice. I, I, I understand that sometimes it's said there can't be a different opinion between the guru and the disciple, but we see that there are, as I mentioned. Um, and I think that that kind of statement is, is, is a little bit relative to devotees um, on lower stages of the latter of bhakti. Hmm? Um, but when they actually start to make progress and their, their practice is, is consistent and they start to derive taste consistently from the practice and so forth and so on, then, um, then there's, a, there's a more, more freedom, if you will, hmm? to, uh, to think spiritually on, on, on one's own. And um, I don't think uh, in, one has to be intimidated by the possibility of offending um, the guru um, because of a particular, uh, adopting a particular angle of vision on the uh, Shastra. And again, the gurus are many. So let, let's say, you know, let's talk about this issue. Marsh written a book about, uh, about bhakti in terms of whether it's inherent in the jiva or not. And it's something that, uh, that Bhakti Vinod has said it is inherent in some places, and Prabhupada and Sridhar Marshall also. Other places you can, we can find statements that, that, it, that it properly understood are saying the opposite. So that's there also. But there, there was a, more of an emphasis on inherency of Bhakti, Bhakti in, in, in the Jiva. I, I personally think that that um, there were reasons that Bhakti Vinod Thakur spoke about this, and there may be a number of them, um, but largely for, for, for preaching. But, um, but if you look and see, for example, in the Sandharvas of Jiva Goswami, it's very clear that, 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 that that's not the case. So you know, Jiva Goswami is also your guru. He's a Shastra guru because he's written the Sandharvas and the Sandharvas are one of our shastras, like Goswami is our shastra guru because he's written Bhaktivar Samhita Sindhu, Nilamani, and so on. So as I said, said earlier, they're manifesting scriptural texts for Godias from the greater body of, of revelation. So they're, they are also, you have a Diksha guru, you have a Sanyas guru, you have a Siksha guru, you may have more than one Siksha guru, you have Shastra guru, in the way I'm using the term here, um, you have Acharya, you have Purvacharya, previous Acharya. I mean, it, oh, you're, you're dealing with all of this. So if you side with what is said in the Sandharvas over what, say, you know, Pujapachidramar said on a particular issue, I don't, how could, how, why would one think that maybe I'm going to offend 
Major Petrito Marsh in, in this case, or who, who, whomever. I don't think one has to be intimidated by uh, that or in, in, in fear of, of such. Now, you know, if your thinking is not um, very well spiritually grounded and you don't land on your feet, so to speak, and you end up outside of the parameters of what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, which you, your guru would be able to, to determine. Um, these are not issues that are, the one I'm talking about here, for example, not uh, issues that necessarily take you outside of the parameters of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm. There's, a, there's an idea that if, if, you, you know, if, you, if you take a monkey and you let him give him a typewriter and able for an infinite period of time, He'll check the Bhagavatam many times over. Hmm? So in an infinite period of time, if Bhakti's available, you know, everybody's got it. There's another way of looking. Everybody's already got Bhakti because they've already got, it wasn't inherent, but they already got Sadhu Sangha. So there's different ways to look at the, the, whole thing, the whole thing. I mean, that doesn't change the, that perspective does not change the fact that you had to get Bhakti you had the 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 the, the um, monkey had to get the typewriter, you know. So <laughs> you had to meet a devotee. Uh, so so, so Bhakti, even though Taku may have just thought of it like that, and so it doesn't necessarily take him outside the parameters to make that emphasis of what the, of the of the philosophy necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, if the thinking uh, and determining Guru Shadashas going through that equation one doesn't land on their feet, then um, they have a guru and um, he or she can correct them. Or if the guru has passed, we should always have some sadhus, the Vaishnavas, who, with whom we, in whom we have confidence that we can share our insights and um, have them validated. Mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully like, wow, yeah, that's a great insight. You know, if the disciple may bring forward. Uh, to 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 the guru way of thinking about it. I like that. Um, but if it's um, you know falls outside of the parameters, and then 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 there's the opportunity to be uh, corrected. So um, so in in, in Gaudi Vaishnavism, again, we 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 give a, a, a strong emphasis to the to the, to the founding acharyas who have carved out the sampradaya from the Bhagavatam, right? Through their their text, we call them bhakti shastras, and so reference to them is 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 um, is important. And we've been taught. I mentioned this the other day by our party bar, as all party bars teach that the um, veracity or credibility of the acharya is is her ability to represent. You know what Gaudi Vaishnavism is, albeit in a, in a dynamic way. But here the point is with with that means with reference to these core uh, texts that have determined what is this Gaudiya Vaishnav, um, what is Gaudi Vaishnavism. So that's the best I can do on that without Maharaj here to ask further or um, give further input into um, what he may be thinking. I think it's more the kinds of responses that he's getting from people saying that my guru said this and and then you know he'll say something but the previous acharyas are saying this and so i think it's more that that he he's needs more help with that. how to respond to that kind of response that he's getting if that makes sense yeah yeah well um yeah, I can you know, I can understand that, um, and I think that uh, yeah, what we're talking about here is thinking the ability to spiritually think outside of the box, and most people can't do that, even those who are in a, in the, in in the, in the position of a guru in some missions and so forth can't can't think outside of the box. Um, and um, 
I don't know. I think you, if you, you keep good character consistently, you may cause a lot of people to disregard you, you know, blacklist you, but in time, that will, that will change. I, I mean, I've seen that personally. I mean, I, I was the first disciple of Prabhupada uh, to write a commentary in the Bhagavad Gita and I got blacklisted for that. If you can imagine, who's he to write a commentary? Prabhupada already wrote the commentary in the Bhagavad It sounds silly now, but I mean, whatever that was 20, 20, 20 years ago or so, uh, it was uh, quite, uh, I got a lot of flack for that. But, I mean, I didn't care. I knew what I was doing. But uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, Marsh, it's, it's, I can say to him, it's, it, you, you want to be appreciated, but <laughs> but but preaching may may alienate you from from others. It's it's possible. The only way to make up for that is is to keep good character and then um, it can be consistent. But uh, yeah, I mean, many devotees are very, um, even though they have lots of information, some of them, they're 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 they're, they're very much thinking of the philosophy in a more absolute sense. If you, I mean, if you look at Bhakti, you know, you, you can refer people to Bhakti, you know, he was a thinking, this is a totally like thinking person um, within the context of, of Gaudi Vaishnavism in, in his time and determining what from the past he wanted to emphasize, what not, and how to, and for, the, for the sake of preaching and so forth. I mean, um, he was uh, very out of the box, if you will. Um, and again, most people aren't like that. So most devotees aren't like that. Um, so anyway, what else? Another question? Yeah, okay. Um, Krishna Chaitanya? You have to unmute yourself. Yeah, we're, we're uh, yeah, you're not coming up across now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll try. Um, good morning. Good morning. There's a talk about Shastriya Chadma and Lokita. I lost you there. I think you're asking about worldly faith, Lokita faith, and Shastriya Shraddha faith based on scripture. I mean, we dealt with this question. A couple weeks ago, it may be the same one. I don't know. I, I got, got knocked off in my back. Um, you're breaking up a lot, so it's very, it's not possible to understand okay. your question. Forget about me. I'll try to call in uh, after Kanu Ram's question. Go to Kanu. Now we can hear you. Oh, uh, very briefly, I'm wondering in relation to like ordinary and Shasta uh, Shraddha, where, where does experience, like spiritual experience come into play? Her faith will be based on something. Well, I think that uh, to answer your question briefly, uh, you're asking about uh, scriptural based faith, faith derived from the scripture and faith just uh, uh, that's uh, um, not based on that. Um, and maybe superstition or hearsay or, 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 or whatnot. And then you want to know about experience. Where does that fit in? Um, well, there's going to be a different experience for each, obviously. But um, one of the things in my life that um, I found was profound was 
said, but uh, my experience spawned with 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 the scripture that I was following. I found that very fascinating. What they're talking about here, I'm experiencing that, mm. um, and so that's very confirming. Obviously, um, when we talked about this question the other day or week or whatever it was, I think. Um, I emphasize this point as I have at other times that uh, experience in one sense um, is the most confirming, if you will, and um, it more than anything else, more than logical argument or scriptural argument, even for those who have faith in it, the experience of what's being talked there, talked about there, written about there is more confirming, more faith growing, if you will. And sometimes as a result of that, we do des describe faith as um, experience. So to use the poetic language of Pujapachita Marsh, he said, describe the spiritual world as planets of faith. So uh, comparatively, we live in a planet of doubt, no, no doubt. We're doubting, we're, we're proceeding with caution. We're not moving freely but, uh, uh, as much as faith is animating principle in life. If you have full faith in something, then you don't doubt it, you go forward. If you doubt its efficacy um, uh, or veracity, then you're gonna hesitate. If you don't know, you're gonna hesitate. Um, so this is a world of, of, of doubting. The upper realm of this world is, is intellect, where is, which, is the, which is where the doubting you know, uh, function uh, arises. And if that can be arrested and tied to scripture such that it fuels practice and then affords experience, then intelligence can be um, retired um, in due course and replaced with, with taste. So one's moving by taste rather than by, by, by intellect. Intellect driven is, you know, nishta. In Ruchi, there's some intellect driven, but you're moving now towards a taste and experiential driven and asakti that much more um, and bhava bhakti. So, um, but if you, again, if you take that idea of planets of faith, then um, in one sense, we look at bhakti as the growing of that, that, that faith that animates the movement of Braj where everyone is moving freely um, as one does, so to speak, at home, in, a, in, a, in an, an environment that one is um, familiar with and so forth, how it works. Um, and um, in that sense, then we would we could equate faith with experience. The Gita says that a person is their faith. Um, so those are some thoughts on the matter. So next question. Yeah, Kanaram. Good morning, Guru Maharaj. The, um, the, over the past week, I've been looking at uh, the story of Ishvara Puri and his connection with Madhavendra Puri and with Lord Chaitanya. And I was looking through Chaitanya Bhagavad and, and Chaitanya Charitamrita, and I didn't find much on his early life and like how he came to be such a great devotee. I know that he had some connection with Madhavendra Puri, but is there is there more that you can tell us about about him and how he came to be an Ekadandi sannyasi and how he became such a great devotee? Ishwar Puri, you're asking about. Yeah, yes, Maharaj. Well, I think that the Gaudiya history of Ishwar Puri begins with Ishwar Puri, you know, um, appearing in the in on the Gaudi horizon. Hmm? That is is thought to, in one sense, from a um, parampara 
perspective have its beginning in seed form and in Madhavendra Puri. Um, and so there's not, you know, a lot, if any, information about um, him um, coming as it might be from other sampradayas, lineages, other sects of devotees. Um, uh, but um, uh, where he became prominent in, um, is in relation to the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So in one sense, his known history really begins there. Now I can fish a little bit, you know, and, and, and give you something to think about as a possibility, both with regard to uh, Ishwar Puri and Madhavendra Puri for that matter. Um, you know, what's the, who's the guru of Madhavendra Puri? What's his previous affiliations and so on and so forth? We tend to, to tie him to the Madhva Sampradaya, but the Madhva Sampradaya, all, all the sannyasis are named Tirtha. Hmm? The Nupuris. Um, so obviously, um, an initiation in the Madhva Sampradaya is, I believe, is, is, is sannyas. I don't, think I, have, I don't think we have any other initiation besides that, which is an interesting point. Um, um, so our, some have argued, you know, he must not be really from the Madhva Sampradaya. Um, but there, and I mentioned this point before, and this is, I'd like a little bit of a fishing uh, expedition, if you will. There was, uh, there are a number of sannyasis you know, who were prominent in the early uh, beginnings of the, of the Chaitanya Sampradaya. And while Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was a young man of 24 years old who took sannyas, these others, I think there were nine of them, Ishwar Puri, uh, uh, Keshava Bharati, uh, Brahmananda Bharati, so on and so forth. Um, they were, metaphorically speaking, uh, compared to the roots of the bhakti you know, tree. Mm. So it's rooted in, in one sense, in, in, in giving up the world and, in, and instead embracing, embracing Krishna. So um, they were all older, senior persons. And there's pretty good reason to believe that they took sannyas from the Shankar Sampradaya as Mahaprabhu himself did from Keshava Bharati. Hmm? Um, unlike the other Vaishnava Sampradayas, this Shankar Sampradaya had a very strong, had previously and was still the case at the time of, of these, these sannyasis. Um, a very had formed a very strong monastic um, order with ten sannyas names and four principal monasteries throughout India, and um, was very um, well organized, thought out system, and so forth. And um, and they had a lot of, um, and then they have the the religious Brahminical um, class, uh, the, um, what were they called? I forget, uh, but anyway, very prominent in the lives of people um, in terms of going to temples and uh, hearing from them and rituals and some scars and so forth, marriage and children. So, so they, you know, they, they had a, it was very well, Organized, so it's it's very likely. Anyway, my point is that these sannyasis took, as Mahaprabhu Mahaprabhu, Mahaprabhu did sannyas from the Shankar Sampradaya, um, and it meant something different then than it does, you know, to us um, now. Perhaps that idea would seem like, well, you're a Vaishnava, how can you go and take sannyas from the Shankar Sampradaya? But the circumstances were very different, and also the. The moth of Shankar in, in Jagannath Puri, I think it's called the Govardhan moth, where the um, the religious sector, the Brahmins, um, are in charge of the worship of Lord Jagannath there. 
In that moth, we know that the famous Sridhar Swami of ancient times, commentator in the Bhagavatam, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu respected, he was once the head of that moth. It's in their, you know, history, written history. Um, and so it's, it's, it's likely that all these sannyasis came from that, that moth where bhakti is prominent as a means you know, to, to a monistic ends, but mm, it appears that bhakti, as sweet as it is, got the upper hand on a number of them and they moved away. I mean, if you look at Sridhar Swami's commentary in the Bhagavatam, it, it, it caused the hairs of the other Shankar moths to stand on end and, and what the heck is this? This guy's, uh, you know, what's he talking about here? Swarup Shakti? You know, uh, there are definitely um, themes, prominent themes in his commentary that um, are, don't represent Advaita Vedanta. Hmm? Um, so that, uh, there's reason to look at him as a, a convert moving in the direction of a bhakti perspective as, as an end and as a means to an end over gyan, bhakti over gyan, bhakti over gyan. This is an argument you know, that's going on, going on forever. So it's likely that these uh, sannyasis came from that mission, but that they changed their um, uh, perspective. Hmm? I would think that would be the case for Ishwarapuri. Of course, Ishwarapuri took sannyas from, and I guess he was initiated by Madhavendra Puri. So that maybe, say, Madhavendra Puri came from there. And then, you know, um, Ishwarapuri became his disciple at some point. But I, I think that's how, you know, a way to look a little bit at the past of most of these older sannyasis in the, in the Chaitanya Sampradaya that are, are important uh, uh, figures. Um, and there are some places in the Chaitanya Charitamrita where some, I, I believe, if I recall correctly, where some remnants of Advaita Vedanta are present in them and Mahaprabhu deals with it all, also. Um, of course, we have the incident of, uh, of as far back as the earliest biographical uh, work concerning Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is Marari Gupta's work, we have the explanation of Mahaprabhu taking sannyas from um, Keshava Bharati and prior to receiving the mantra, asking him, is this the mantra that you're going to give me? And in doing so, initiating his sannyas guru with the Vaishnava conception of the mantra. So. So those are some thoughts. That's about as much as I can do on that history of Ishwapuri, Ishwapuri, Swami Kijai. Um, we have a thank you. Couple questions in the chat. Um, Bajan, uh, could you please give uh, make a recommendation about a possible order in which we can approach the scriptures? Um, some order of titles or themes as we could approach the study of scripture. So what, what books would you suggest that one would read systematically? Uh -huh. Well, uh, it depends um, on how long one's been involved and um, and, uh, but otherwise, you know, in general, uh, you would begin with texts like the Bhagavad Gita um, that um, you know, and, and end with books like uh, Ujwal Nilmani uh, or Lila Grantas of, of, of the Goswamis uh, to get some grounding, if you will, in the philosophy, uh, you know, to give another example, probably emphasize reading the earlier cantos of the Bhagavatam and be 
becoming acquainted with the core philosophy before jumping into the Leela narrative of the 10th canto about Krishna so that Krishna would be properly understood, for example, as the Ashrai Tattva of nine other subjects in the Srimad Bhagavatam that are Ashrita that are sheltered under him. Hmm? Because otherwise it might just appear like a story of, you know, of a young, a young cowherd. Um, so in general, then, uh, look at it another way, get grounded in the Sandharvas, the, philo the ph heavy philosophy. And, um, um, you know, from there, um, and come to a point of being able to um, properly understand and, and ultimately relish the Leela narratives. So, you know, it depends. Uh, uh, that said, the Leela narratives are very, very attractive, obviously, and they do enable us to emotionally bond with the absolute in ways that's not possible in any other religious tradition. When we hear about Krishna acting human-like, well, we feel he's just like us. You know, he he, he um, does something that's very human-like. When we hear that, when we bond with him, we, we, we feel like, oh, that's like us. And we, we like that point very much, you know, uh, when that point comes out. And that, that bonding is, is, of course, then very powerful. So there's something to be said for, um, to um, hear the Leela narratives as well, probably with all his emphasis on philosophy and the first nine cantos and so on and so forth. He, he gave his Krishna book, which is his um, uh, rendering of the, of the 10th uh, canto. Hmm? The Bhagavatam, so the Leela narrative. When he was asked about this, you see, I read, you say, read the first nine cantos first, and then, but then you give the Krishna book before even the third or fourth cantos come out, you know, in English. And so, how to understand that apparent contradiction? So, I have to give some taste, you know, to, some sweet, you know. To get the engine started, something like that. Um, so you know, it'll be relative to different devotees. I mean, it's possible you could just read the leader narratives and and um, not require to tax your brain on, on the Paramatma Sandarbha, You know, for example, it's pretty pretty brain taxing treatise. Um, if you're you know under good care, good shelter, and so forth. I mean, that said also, I mean, another way of looking at the, your question is, is, is to, um, you take, for example, students of mine, right? So um, listen to my lectures. You're going to get so much uh, from that and, and certain themes are going to come out. Certain themes are going to be repeatedly emphasizing and so forth. And um, they may not be themes that you would be able to draw from the scripture and understand their significance just by reading. Um, so uh, I would you know, strongly recommend listening to my lectures again and again. And there's a lot of them, hard to keep up with it all. So, but you're gonna hear consistently themes and you asked about maybe themes that are important. And so you're gonna pick them up. If I've already done that work, for you, so to speak. Um, and then you can, you know, go and play those out, so to speak, and follow up on them um, in, 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 in a text themselves and so forth. Um, um, and then you know, also the same thing hold true from, for, for the books that I've written, I've written them in a certain way to help, um, of course, they're in contemporary English, you know, in, So those books may be you know, more important to you than some of the core 
texts that they're you know they're drawn from enable you to go back to those core or text in time, find your way there more readily, more, more easily. Um, so that's a general answer. This is the same devotee, Bhajan also had a question. Sure, that's helpful. Had a question about um, what to call somebody that you've internally accepted as your Shiksha guru, but whom you haven't had any physical contact, would you call them Guru Dave, or would you have some other title that would correspond to that relationship? Yeah, I don't think there's a specific title. Um, uh, sometimes it's asked, what's the most important guru? Puja Pachitamar said, well, the one that helps you the most. Um, so we may have been initiated over here, and time we may find inspiration over here within the same sampradaya and guru is a dynamic um pair and uh a manifestation of of, of, of revelation so guru dave guru maharaj guruji swamiji um you know any any such such respectable uh, respectful title is uh, is appropriate. Um, your choice. Most of my students, they refer to me as Guru Maharaj or Yeah, you're first. Just, just both very high title. The question. Oh, you kind of froze at the last few seconds of that. Um, there is a question from Shamdas from Argentina. Um, Let's see, we got to mute uh, Kanaram. You need to mute yourself, Kanaram. No? Yeah, he is muted. I don't know why you came on the screen and we lost Gumaraj. You didn't do something to make him disappear? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's some some mystical thing going on here. Okay, Gumaraj, are you still there? Hello. There Hello? you are. Okay. Um. So this question from Sham Das um, from Argentina, um, Haribo Dandavat Gumaraj recently commented that both Baladev Vidyabhushan and Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur had philosophical differences, just as Jiva Goswami had his differences with Rupa Goswami. If only he could know what those differences were, I guess, and what his opinion is on them. So sounds like it could be a very in-depth, long question. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't just hear gonna... you. You can't hear me? Did you do the English and mute original audio? Yeah, they should be able to hear me now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a question like that is, it's, you know, what am I, it's, there's not a list. There's a, if you read their text, you're going to look, read the commentary of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur in the, in the Gita and read Baladev Vidyabhushans. And you're going to find that they deal differently with different texts. They may make different points there. They may um, comment uh, differently um, and, uh, in other places as well. But I mean, there's, there's are two texts so that comments, commentaries on the same text. Um, I can't tell you or remember every verse that they said it differently, but you, you, if you if you read it, you'll see. Um, obviously, Jiva Goswami um, 
made a strong case for Parakiya in Goloka over the Parakiya Rupa Goswami repeatedly in every book that he wrote. Um, some people argue that he did that as a preaching strategy, but I mean, whatever may be the case, it's certainly quite quite different. Rupa Goswami in Preeti Sandarbhaji, because Goswami says that the, the gopis of Braj have Madhuriya mixed with Sakya. That's not what Rupa Goswami taught. He, he, he says that in the context of speaking about Sankul Bhav without using the term and referencing others like Baladev, Yudhisthir, uh, Uddhava, and so forth, who are examples of Sankul Bhav in Bhaktira Samrita Sindhu. Sankul Bhav means they have more than one Bhav together, packaged together, um, and makes up their uh, trans psychological. Uh, emotional reality, hmm. their rasa, their bhav, some cool bhav, instead of cable bhav, which is just this one single bhav. So, um, to speak about the Braj, Braj gopis as uh, examples, I mean, Rupa Goswami didn't even have an example, it doesn't even say that there's any possibility of. Um, Madhurya Rasa being um, part of someone's Sankul Bhav. Hmm. He only puts together Dasya, Sakya, and Bhatsalya in his examples of Sankul Bhav. So uh, that's uh, something to be explored. Um, there, are, there are differences. Hmm. So I think that's about all we have time for today, right? Yeah, there, okay. there were a few more questions that just got put in the chat, but I think people can come back next Sunday. And if you get on early, a few minutes early, even just five minutes early, you'll be in line to have your questions answered in the very beginning. Let me ask a question with regard to getting on early. Is it would it be possible to change the timing of these talks to 10 a.m. California time instead of 8:30 a.m.? Mm. If you moderators and whatnot can talk with one another about that possibility, and if it is possible, then do so and inform everybody. If it's not and doesn't work, well, okay, give it some thought. Yeah, yeah, maybe devotees could let me know whether that would work for all of you. Just um, put a hand up on the on the, on the uh, list of participants, and we'll get a kind of a sense of how many people that would work for. Okay. Hey, well, thank you so much. Sign off. And, yeah. Yes. Oh, hi, Krishna. Archana, some kind of indication. And yeah, if, if you don't. If it's not going to work, don't put your hand up. And so far, I only see a, like a few hands like up. Okay. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. I am looking to see there's but there's a a few hands, but mostly. Actually, what was the time? What time is it EST people are asking? Well, he's asking if he could change the time. So it would be one, it would actually be one o'clock Eastern, Eastern time. One, okay, one, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, so um, if that, and then I don't, that would translate into European, Europe at probably what, six o'clock at night or seven at night. So, Yes. Yeah, he's asking for it to change the, the times. Um, Accommodate him. Just make it convenient for him, not for us. That's my thought. Yeah, well, he, he's going to want the devotees to be able to participate. So I don't, I think we need to do both. We need to get a feel for how, you know, how many devotees would be able to... He wouldn't be happy if 
you know, he had half the number of devotees showing up. So. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so just, um, so yeah, so put that, could you do that on Sri Chaitanya Sangha, Shana Sundra? Could you put that up on Sri Chaitanya Sangha and ask if that time would work? That'd be great. And um, just to let everybody know that um, we're continuing with our Tatlavivek series of classes. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, just, just letting everybody know about that the classes for this month. We have Monday, the Brahmara Gita with um, Pamanava Swami, and then Chamasinder Das on Tuesday, the importance and implication of prayer. And then Wednesdays, Dulal Chandra's doing the Krishna Sandarbhas. Thursday, um, I'm continuing the series, The Beauty and Messiness of a Sadhaka's Journey. This week will be Barangi Priya. Um, Fridays, uh, Brigupad is doing the Pat Patanjali Yoga Sutras, an overview for devotees. And Saturdays, we have Kanaram Das doing the Master's Masters, the Gurus of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And then Sunday, we have Guru Maharaj doing either questions or answers. And next week will be Baladev Purnim. So he'll be doing a, a special class for that next Sunday. So no questions and answers next week. All right. Well, wonderful. It says we have nine new messages. So it's probably nine devotees telling me they could or couldn't maybe. I don't know. Okay. Some more, some more comments. All right, so um, we will see everybody soon on either a class during the week or next Sunday. And thank you all so much for your participation. Hare Krishna.